Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Writing Cabin with Tara Benner. I'm fantasy author Tara Benner, and this is my cabin. We all need to escape into story from time to time. So come on in, sit down by the fire, pour yourself a nice hot cup of coffee, and let's talk books. Now, before we get started today, I want to take a moment to thank my wonderful patrons. Patrons, your support not only funds the creation of new monthly stories, but it tells me that you enjoy my books so much that you want to support them and me directly. If you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a platform that allows readers to support authors with a small monthly pledge, usually just two or three dollars a month. And if you would like to join our Patreon family, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Tara Benner Labs. I create a brand new short story or piece of fiction every single month, as well as a special video diary. And you can gain access to my entire library of Patreon exclusive stories for just $2. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Tara Benner Labs. All right, this week's featured book is The Fringe Collection. Nuclear war destroyed the earth, but Harper's world was perfect until she met Eli Parker. As a promising up-and-coming developer, she should have been a shoo-in for a cushy job in systems. Instead, she was drafted into recon, kicking and screaming onto Eli's squad. For Eli, death is just your average Tuesday. Most of his cadets don't last a year. When your job is to venture out into the radiation-soaked fringe, you learn not to get attached to anyone. Harper Riley should be no different, but she's gotten under Eli's skin. She's started asking lots of questions, dangerous questions with no good answers. Eli wants to save her despite his better judgment, but can Eli save her from herself? Now, here on the podcast, I try to only feature books that are either free or a really good value, and I'm featuring the Fringe Collection this week because the digital bundle is just 99 cents. I've literally never priced it below $4.99 before, so it's a little bit of an experiment, um, but it's a huge steal. And the reason I'm doing it is because I got a promotional opportunity with BookBub, uh, which if you like free and bargain eBooks, you know BookBub is a really big deal. And so that's why the deep discount. And so grab it for the low, low price of 99 cents because it may never go down that low again. Um, again, I will put a link to that down in the show notes. All right, it's time for my little life update that I do each and every week. And this past weekend was so much fun because I got to go to my very first Renaissance fair ever. Um, we have a huge, huge Renaissance festival that's held every year in Larkspur, Colorado, which is only like an hour and 20 or 30 minutes from where we live. And uh, I say it's only an hour and 20 minutes. It took us much longer to get there because of the traffic. I, I've seen the traffic for the Renaissance Festival. Um, back when my husband was working up in Denver for a while, we would drive that way. 
And every summer I would see all these cars parked along the shoulder and I'd be like, what is going on? Well, it was the Renaissance Festival. And even though I knew that, I did not realize what a big deal this festival was. We're talking like several football fields size grass parking lot and still probably three quarters of a mile of people parked along the side of the road. This is only the way that we went when we left that I saw this, but I mean, they also park along I-25, which is like this crazy huge, you know, highway in Colorado. And, uh, it's just crazy. Like so many people come out to this thing. And, uh, I think post COVID, I think so many more people were coming out because we've been cooped up for so long and deprived for so long. And, uh, some people go all out with their costumes. I was just amazed. Like some people must spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on their Renaissance fair costumes. And unfortunately I had fully planned on dressing up, ordering costumes, but I just, I kind of hemmed and hawed about it for too long and then I got busy and I never ordered anything. And so we did not dress up, um, but next year we have every intention of dressing up because I think it would be a lot of fun. And uh, it was still a blast. Um, I think (laughs) the biggest lesson I learned from the Renaissance Festival was you need to treat it like you're going on a full day hike because I mean, look, I'm a mom of a young child. I never go anywhere without snacks and water, but I did not bring enough snacks and water. I have brought like our little bag that fits in the baby backpack, which is a hiking backpack. Um, so that was good because I saw a lot of people like carrying their young children and I was like, Ooh, no, that's not, it's not acceptable. Like you're going to be really tired of that really quick. Um, but I brought like one water bottle thinking that I could fill it up or we could buy water there. And there's a line for everything. And like each food item that you want had its own separate line. And so if you wanted like a gyro and French fries, there were separate lines for the gyro and French fries. And when you bought, you know, your meal, that you couldn't buy your drink there. You had to like find another line that sold drinks. And even the drinks line didn't have water. And I was just like, <laughs> I was so irritated at one point because like there's guys walking around with these like towering things of pretzels and guys working around with kettle corn. And like there, there are 30 guys walking around with these salty snacks and there's nowhere to buy water. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, next year, Camelback. Um, and maybe bring your own food because the food was only okay. Um, but that's not why you go to the fair, obviously. Like there were so many, um, fun, like performers there. There was a guy, um, juggling fire, a guy who ate swords. Uh, there was a lot of live music. And so my husband is kind of into like bardcore or pirate metal and there was like a bardcore band performing live that was fantastic and it was a lot of fun to watch them and uh the other thing that was great was um they had this exhibit called the living fountain and it was this woman who 
her she has like full body paint on this full costume and she looks like a marble statue in a fountain and she goes up at certain times onto like the fountain pedestal and you know water comes out of this costume and she looks like a living fountain with you know water coming out of her hands and um out of the top of her head and my son who's only 11 months old obviously had no idea what was going on but he was just mesmerized by the living fountain exhibit and i wish i would have gotten a video of it i got a couple pictures um but it was just uh, it was so cute to watch him experience everything for the first time and uh and we were experiencing it for the first time also because neither of us had ever been to a renaissance festival and uh yeah it's a lot of fun everyone there was having a lot of fun and uh, i think it's going to be a yearly little field trip for us. So if you live in Colorado, definitely check it out in Larkspur. They have it. It goes for like eight weeks straight during the summer. And we made it like on one of the last weekends, but we were not going to let another summer go by without getting there. So definitely check it out. Another tip, don't buy your tickets there. Buy your tickets at King Super or online because they're cheaper, which I didn't realize until the day of, but just a pro tip and bring water. (laughs) uh okay that's about all I have um, for my personal update except to say that I am going out of town um my granny is turning 96 and so I'm recording this ahead of time and hopefully uh next week when I talk to you I will have some fun things to share about that um but as far as my writing update goes uh as I said I have been uh, accepted to a bookbub deal for the fringe collection uh that's going on this weekend and so the box that's going to be discounted from before you hear this through uh the 10th and so i've been really busy getting stuff set up for that booking lots of promos and getting social media posts set up Um, it's kind of a little bit more work than I had anticipated and I was accepted at the very last minute. Um, but it is worth it because these things are, these opportunities are few and far between and they're really beneficial for us indie authors who have to really hustle for exposure. Um, so I had to get that done before I went out of town. And so that kind of threw off my schedule a little bit. Um, but I am almost finished with the first round of revisions on Dragon Kingdom 1. I feel like I've been saying that for weeks and weeks now because I have, Um, but the reason is that it's quite a long book. It's the first book in a new series, in a new genre for me, and it's the summer, so I've had lots of disruptions. Visitors from out of town, renaissance festivals, trips. Uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, I think I'm on chapter 23 of 32. And so (laughs) I'm going to try to work while I'm gone. I don't know how much I will get done. But the important thing is that I stay in the flow of the story because that's what happened when I took like five or six days off in July. I got out of the flow of it and it took me a really long time to ramp back up. And so I'm hoping here in the next week and a half I will have that round of revisions totally finished and I will have the book sent off to my beta readers if you would like to beta read this I am looking to add just a few super quality people to my beta reader team 
I am going to be giving them 10 days to read this draft and provide me with their feedback. Obviously, I require um, punctuality and confidentiality and kindness from my beta readers. <laughs> and so if you can manage that and you love this genre, you know, high fantasy, epic fantasy, I want to hear from you. So shoot me an email, tarabenner at gmail.com, and I will add you to my team. So as I said, I've been working on the first round of revisions for a super long time. And so to make this interesting, I thought I would give you guys a little teaser on the show um, because I haven't given out any sample chapters. Nobody has seen any part of this manuscript. I am sending out like the teaser summary to my newsletter on Monday. But like I said, I haven't even sent out the first chapter because the first chapter needs a little bit more massaging. But I pulled an excerpt from a random chapter in the book, this little part that I thought was kind of fun, and I think it will give you a little taste of what to expect. Storia shuddered. They were the ogre's prisoners. Just the thought made her frantic with terror, and she shifted around to look over the side of the cart. There were no bars over the top, but a dozen ogres flanked them on either side, marching along on foot as oxen pulled the cart. The bones around the ogres' necks clacked in rhythm to their footsteps, their huge fleshy, fleshy torsos jiggling with every step. Where are they taking us? Storia asked Larkin, keeping her voice low. Back to their settlement, I expect. Chancing a glance at the ogres nearest them, she caught a snippet of what sounded like an argument, though they were communicating in ogreish, which just sounded like a bunch of grunts. What do you think they want with us? Dorgan nodded at the tallest of the ogres who was arguing. That one thinks they might be able to secure a ransom for you and boss. The fat one is telling him that not all humans are nobles and that they should probably just eat you instead. You speak ogreish? Dorgan tilted his head in an offhand manner. Some. It's not a very complicated language. Learn the words for eat, kill, torture, and bludgeon, and you pretty much get the gist of any conversation. He paused for a moment, listening intently. They're planning on using Carrick for meat. Ogres generally eat humans, not giants, but he's too big to pass up. Storia's gut clenched. It was then that one of the ogres seemed to notice Dorgan watching them. He bumped his fists together in a rude gesture with something that came out as a grunt snarl. The other ogre repeated this gesture, and Dorgan tried to leap to his feet before remembering he was tied up. He bumped his own fists together, and the first ogre who'd spoken exploded in a string of what were unmistakably curses. When they were finished, Dorgan turned and slumped back down. Storia tried not to look amused. Well, said Larkin. Dorgan opened his mouth, hesitated, and then closed it again. Dorgan. My people have never gotten on well with ogres, he explained, and the Vishanu are the mortal enemies of the Hiju tribe. Larkin's expression turned grim. What do they plan to do with you? From what I gathered, they plan to torture me for five nights and four days before feeding me to the Karkadans. They will deliver my bones to the Vishanu as a warning to stay out of their territory. Storia gaped at him. You got all those details from that one conversation? From what she'd heard, there had only been grunts and insults bandied about. Dorgan shrugged. They've been debating that part for a while. 
Traditionally, mortal enemies are tortured for seven days and six nights, but we're coming up on Jikakanu. What's Jikakanu? It's a Hiju holiday where the tribe takes a break from hunting and torture to feast for three days straight. It's a shame they could not have captured us four days from now, said Larkin dryly. Then they would have been forced to abstain. Dorgan stared at him for a beat, then a loud wheezing guffaw escaped him. Larkin quivered with a ch- quiet chuckle, coughing a little as the laughter aggravated his wounds. So there you go. There's a little teaser of uh, Dragon Kingdom 1. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. That's about all I have for a writing update this week. Now it's time for what am I reading? And I had mentioned that I was in a bit of a fiction slump, um, but I just got a copy of From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Armantrout. And this was recommended to me by a fellow author, Lindsay Sparks. So I'm hoping to have a chance to read some of that while I'm away. I am still listening to Metahuman by Deepak Chopra, but if you're a fiction reader, it's probably not super up your alley. (laughs) Uh, We're about to wrap up here, but before we go, let's check the mailbox. And this week we have a question from Sarah. Sarah writes, I noticed that some of your books are available in Kindle Unlimited, but some are not. I have Kindle Unlimited, so I try to only read books that are in that. I would like to read all of your books, but many are not available. Thank you so much for your question, Sarah. Um, This is one that I think is kind of confusing for readers. Um, So Kindle Unlimited, if you're not familiar, is kind of like the Netflix of eBooks. So you pay a subscription to Amazon and you can read an unlimited amount of books that are available in that program. But as Sarah mentioned, not all authors make their books available or authors also can make, you know, just some of their books available and not others. And right now, the only books that I have enrolled in Kindle Unlimited are the Witches of Mountain Shadow books. And the reason for that is that um, Kindle Unlimited to be part of that program requires exclusivity to Amazon. And so as an author, that means that I cannot sell the books anywhere else, even on my own website. I have to just have them available through Amazon, Kindle, and Kindle Unlimited. And uh, so all my sci-fi dystopian stuff I have made available everywhere instead. And so that means you can get them on Kindle, but you can also get them on Apple, Google Play, Kobo, Barnes & Noble. Um, You can also request them from your local library. And so Sarah, um, if you're frustrated that some of those books aren't available in Kindle Unlimited, please do reach out to your local librarian because they're available on Overdrive which is the system that a lot of libraries use. And most librarians will be happy to stock those. I try to keep my pricing for libraries really competitive compared to other titles in the genre. And so um, please do that. And uh, the other thing to be aware of with Kindle Unlimited is that authors are only paid if readers actually read the book. And so for a typical, for a book in Kindle Unlimited, I am paid less than half a cent per pages read. And so if someone borrows the book and never reads it, I don't get paid for that. And so that's another reason that not all of my books are available there. But really, it's mainly the exclusivity requirement because I like, you know, if someone reads on their iPad or someone reads on a Nook, I don't 
like that I can't ever reach those readers. And so eventually all of my books will be available everywhere, but I do cycle things, you know, through Kindle Unlimited um, to give those readers an opportunity. But also look out because I a lot of times will make the first book in a series free for a period of time. And so that's another way you can grab my books without um, paying a bunch of extra money. So thank you again for that question, Sarah. If you have any burning questions or comments that you'd like for me to read on the show, you can send them to tarabenner at gmail.com or post them on any of my social media channels. I am at author Tara Benner on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I am Tara Benner author on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe to my channel so you never miss a video. That's all I have for you this week, but feel free to stay in my cabin for as long as you like. We can drink all the coffee, you can crack open a good book, hopefully one of mine, and have a wonderful weekend.